0: We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Fan of boating, love. I've been on the boat, um, and you know it reminds me um, when I first started to learn. And this is just a quick little story. Uh, <laughs> when I first started to learn to, to water ski, uh, and so. I'm not uh, all that coordinated. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've noticed uh, over the time in church. Um, but uh, so on skis, I'm not coordinated either. Uh, <laughs> and so when you learn to water ski, um, unlike snow skiing, uh, because if you do this when you snow ski, you're going to take off down the hill. So don't, if you've never snowed skied before, this is not the way to snow ski. It's the way to water ski. Uh, you need to kind of crouch down, do like a squat. Position. And that's kind of how you, you go around and you stay within the wake. Um, and that's how you build up your confidence um, by, by being down in that squat position. You also get uh, really good leg muscles. Um, but eventually you start working out, actually to, to have all the fun, I need to start standing up. And I need to venture outside of that wake. I need to venture outside of the wake. I need to stand up. Uh, And, you know, that's a little bit like um, our lives. It's a little bit like um, living in faith. And, you know, our our, our vision at Equipers is to equip people for life through faith in Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ. And, you know, it says in John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I as in Jesus, have come that they may have life and life to its full. You know, how good is that promise? How good is that promise? But the thing is, to to be fully living in that promise of life and life in its abundance, life to its full, we need to be living in faith. And so this morning, I want to look at, at what that looks like, what it looks like to live in faith, you know. Um, and so, so to help us unpack this, I've gone to um, a, a scripture in the Bible, a story in the Bible, uh, where Jesus actually acknowledges uh, the faith of the people who have come to him. Uh, I want to share from Matthew 8, uh, 5 to 13, and I'm reading from the New International Version. If you want to join with me this morning. So this is the story uh, of the centurion uh, who who was a a senior soldier, uh, talking about um, one of his servants who was unwell. And so he had gone to Jesus. So let's start at verse verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. "'Lord,' he said, "'my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly.'" Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where they will be weeping and garnishing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. And so I want to spend a little bit of time unpacking this this morning and looking at some other scriptures and some other stories uh, around faith. And so that we may live in a life of faith, that we may live outside of that wake, that we may have the full experience of life as Jesus has promised us. So just picking up on a, on a few things, and, and look, this morning, I'm not here to present an exhaustive list um, or you know, the, the three steps to, to, to your uh, um, breakthrough, but I just want to pick up a couple of things that the, the Holy Spirit highlighted to me in this Scripture. Uh, and, and I hope that uh, as we do so, that the Holy Spirit's just going to, to point things out to you. Uh, to show you uh, where you might live uh, in greater faith and have a more full life. Is that cool? Cool. So the first thing I noticed uh, reading this is that the centurion um, having this servant uh, that was home unwell and paralyzed, uh, in need of healing, in need of a breakthrough, he went to Jesus, and you know, for us, um, we can't just walk down the street uh, to where Jesus is going to be on tour somewhere. But we can pray, yeah? And so, so one of the things I want to talk about this morning is prayer. Cool? Awesome. Uh, the second thing is, uh, you notice that the, the centurion uh, declared, uh, he prophesied uh, what it was that Jesus was going to do. So he says, uh, just say the word and my servant will be healed. He declared it with his mouth. So that's the second thing I want us to look at this morning. And the third thing is um, that at the end of the scripture, it talks about uh, Jesus saying to the centurion, uh, go, your, your servant has been healed Uh, but we also know that the, the centurion was not in the same place as his servant. The servant was not there. Jesus has said, go and your servant has been healed, but the centurion would not have been able to see that. And so the third thing I want to talk about this morning is sometimes we have to hold on to that faith. Sometimes, sometimes we're not going to see our breakthrough immediately. We're not going to see the dream birthed immediately. We're not going to see our healing immediately. But the promise is there. Jesus has said the word we need to believe. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Let's just pray. Lord, I, I thank you uh, for this morning. I thank you that as we open up your word, that uh, the Holy Spirit will reveal something more to us. Lord, that you will grow bigger in our lives as a result of this morning, that your cross will become more important in our lives as a result of this morning. Lord, let your word speak to us. Lord, let us go out of here something different uh, to how we came in, uh, for having been in your word this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. So as we, as we read, uh, the soldier took his concerns about his uh, servant to Jesus. Uh, and, you know, if we, if we read in our Bible, we're actually instructed uh, to, to pray, to go to Jesus with our concerns. Uh, Philippians uh, 4, verse 6 to 7 in the message. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns before you know it. A sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. You see, as you, as you pray, as you go to Jesus, He displaces, He takes away those worries and those concerns, replaces it with breakthrough, replaces it with faith, replaces it with love, replaces it with joy. Now, that's living a life in faith. It's living a life to the full. And in Jesus' ministry, He often talked uh, or taught about uh, prayer. And this morning, I want to look at two occasions uh, where where He did that. The first, um, the the um, and a parable, uh, and then, the, uh, then I want to look at uh, when he spoke at the Sermon on the Mount. So uh, if you want to turn with me to Luke uh, chapter 18, verse 1 through to 8, New International Version. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable, a story, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep pushing them off? I tell you, you'll see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on the earth. You know Jesus is sharing this parable with his disciples uh, to instruct them in prayer and to show them uh, as a as I guess a way of um, taking someone who did not fear God, who did not care for people, and what he did um, versus what the what God, who who does love people, what he will do in your life. You see, ultimately the judge responded. Ultimately, the judge granted the justice because, because the, the widow kept going to him. She kept pleading. She kept bothering him. She kept pleading with him. You know, if we keep going to Jesus with our prayers, no matter whether they're big or small, you know, he loves us. He loves us. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans twelve twelve to rejoice in our confident hope be patient in trouble, and to keep on praying. Keep on praying. Again, in the Sermon on the Mount, and, and Jesus um, is again uh, instructing in prayer. And so Matthew uh, 7, 7, and, and many of us um, will know this. Um, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your sons ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though, are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So on everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. This sums up the law and the prophets." You see, again, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is instructing uh, his disciples to go to God, to to seek the Lord, to ask for help, to knock on the door. You know, I don't know what's going on in your life in the moment, in your world, but maybe if you know what you're believing for today, if you ask God for it. Maybe if what you're believing for today uh, you ask God to help you find it. Maybe what you're believing for today, you ask God to open the door for you. You know, again, Jesus was comparing uh, our God, who loves us so much, uh, to, to the, the earthly father. Uh, and I know, you know, I love my son and daughter very, very much. Uh, but I know God loves us so much more because it is a love that we cannot get to. Tammy mentioned uh, last week uh, about uh, prayer as a family before bed. Um, and I love it that uh, our children hold us uh, to this. And, you know, some, some um, skeptics might say, oh, it's procrastination, it's holding up bedtime. Uh, you know, it's a great trick. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't believe that. Um, and I love the faith uh, of, of Jed and of Sophie uh, and, and what they're praying for and what they're believing for. And do you know how I know? Uh, because whenever we, we miss out for whatever reason, maybe we've um, had a really full-on day and we're home late, and the kids just have to go to bed or um, perhaps they fall asleep in the car on the way home and they do a successful transfer, amen. <laughs> 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 or the parents said amen. Uh, uh, I know on those occasions, you know, Jed doesn't have a very good sleep. And he wakes up in the morning and he tells us about the, the, the monsters and, and that. But I know when we pray and when we declare uh, the Lord's protection over and when we declare you know, that they're part of God's great army, uh, that he has a great sleep and he never speaks about the monsters uh, in the morning. You know, Jesus, he will answer your prayers. We just need to go to him. Come on, if you're, if you're unsure about this, it's in the Scriptures. It's in the Scriptures. Pray. Pray. You know, um, while we were over in, in India, uh, on our second day out on, on mission, um, we went into to one of the slums and so for me this was uh the first time ever going into the into the slums area uh it was a totally different environment for me uh it was a different culture uh it was hot uh, there was so much going on and we we're walking in and there were about four or five dogs in the middle of the path and i'm thinking i really should have been immunized against rabies <laughs> i really <laughs> should have been immunized against rabies and, you know, I started to get all stressed and anxious about it, um, totally different place and, and facing this fear of, of dogs who, who, you know, could easily attack me. Uh, and knowing that going back to the car was not an option, retreating was not an option, we had to keep going forward. And so as we were walking forward, I just started praying and praising and even though my heart in that initial stage, my heart rate had increased and my mouth had gone dry and butterflies were like going crazy in my stomach, uh, within seconds of starting to pray, just there was this calmness. You know, God just lifted that worry. You know, the word says, take your worries to Him. I took my worries to Him. And come on, He answered. He answered. Which is a you know an awesome time and you know I'm just so grateful to God for that. But but let's also make sure that in our prayer life uh, that that we don't just treat it as the one 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 God. Yeah, let's not have a one 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 God, but let's have a God that we have relationship with. You know, uh, for married couples here, uh, premarital counseling. Who who went to premarital counseling?
1: Yeah, who has
0: been to, to marriage courses, any of that type of thing. Yeah. And you know there's that week, hey? There's that week on every one of those courses. <sighs> Tammy's looking at me like, where are you going with this? <laughs> it's the 10 a.m. service. <laughs> no, it's that week that deals with conflict. And in pre pre counseling, you're like, no, nah, we don't have conflict. You know, we love each other. There's no conflict here. <laughs> You go to posts when you're, when you're married and you're like, yeah, we need this week. <laughs> but, you know, here's one of the take-home points. If you haven't done the course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, um, this is a spoiler alert. Uh, the take-home point is talk about things. Talk about things as you're going through life. You know, a relationship doesn't exist without communication. Relationships don't work without communication. Imagine if you are you're married living with this person, you never talked about things that worried or concerned you or frustrated you until ultimately everything goes goes kaboom and that's when you confront the issue that you don't like how they uh, stack the dishwasher (laughs) (laughs) you you separate dishes in the dishwasher eh? come on but this is the thing you know uh, we, we don't do life with one another without communicating. We're not in a relationship with, our, with one another without communicating. But sometimes, and I know I'm preaching to myself at the moment too, sometimes I forget to have, you know, those conversations with our Lord. You know, just as much as our wife or our brother or our sister or our mum or our dad or our aunt or our uncle or our grandparents or our son or our, or our daughter want to know how life is going, so does Jesus. And communicate with him. Tell him what your concerns are. Tell him what you're anxious about. Tell him what you're joyful about. Tell him what you had fun doing. Be in communication with our Lord. Don't make him the one-on-one God. So pray. That's the first thing. Pray. Take it to the Lord. The second thing uh, we noticed the centurion did was he, he declared with his mouth what Jesus was going to do in that situation. So he had gone to Jesus and, and, he, and Jesus said, should I heal him? And the centurion replies, uh, say the word and he will be healed. Now, this is not about, you know, I'm not suggesting that we need to deny the situation that we're in or deny the circumstance that we're in. Uh, But we need to declare with our mouth, so as others can hear, so as we can declare to ourselves, declare to the Lord, declare to others what Jesus is going to do in that situation. And, you know, sometimes uh, when we talk about prophecy, and this is what it is, this is prophesying what the Lord is going to do in your situation, what the Lord is going to do in your life, what the Lord's promises for your life are. You know, sometimes, as I say, when we talk about prophecy, we get a little bit, oh, uh, yeah, I don't really have the gift of prophecy. You know, I can't stand up here and see some sort of a picture and talk about it for somebody. But no, that, prophecy is not limited to that. Yeah, yeah. Prophecy is about declaring what Jesus is going to do in your life. Yeah, great, great. It comes from reading the Word. It comes from, from knowing the Lord's love of us. It comes from praying. Come on, prophesy into things. Right. Right. It's just about declaring what the Holy Spirit has placed on our heart. Yep. Declare it. Declare it. Many of you all know about our daughter Sophie and her heart condition. You know, at T2 a couple of years ago, People prophesied over her life. Others in her life have prophesied over her life, have declared that that she will be healed, have declared that that she will be able to minister to others, Declared things in her life. Declare it. 1 Corinthians 14.3 But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. You know, as we prophesy, we ourselves, but also those around us, are built up, are encouraged, and are comforted. If you want to turn with me uh, to Matthew 8, verse 23 to 27. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a ferocious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. You know, I wanted to, to share this this morning because, uh, again, uh, it shows the power of the word. You know, the first thing we, uh, we notice that, that Jesus, uh, when he rebuked the wind and the waves, they calmed. You know, your word has power. Your word has power because it brings, uh, gives life to, to something that Jesus uh, wants to do. Your words have power. He also, Jesus also, uh, I guess, questions the disciples' uh, faith a little in this as well because they're not declaring uh, what it is that Jesus is going to do. All they're saying is we're going to drown, and we're going to drown. But, you know, how about, how about our language be, hey, we're in a storm, but Jesus is going to save us. How much more powerful is that? Come on. And then... Uh, I also want us to, to take a look uh, at Luke uh, chapter 9, 49 to 56. This is the, uh, some of us again will be familiar with this, this is a, the story of the time that Jesus um, healed a bleeding woman uh, and uh, brought restored life to a girl. Uh, Jesus had gone to, uh, to talk to a crowd, uh, and Jairus, who was the leader of a local synagogue, had met him there uh, so as he could get healing for his daughter. Uh, So we'll pick up at chapter 9. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead, there is no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But he said, Stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned. And she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted they not tell anyone what had happened. You see, again, uh, Jesus uh, looks at the faith of those who believe and those who declare uh, what can happen in a situation. So when it came to who went into the house, he took uh, some of his disciples, so he took uh, Peter, John, and James, uh, and then the, the little girl's mother and father, but not the people who were saying that she was dead, not the people who were not bringing hope or faith to the situation. Come on, we need to declare what Jesus is going to do in our situation. And I think, you know, sometimes, uh, and again, preaching to myself as well, uh, that when we are faced with a set of circumstances, uh, our language uh, is not necessarily reflecting what it is that we're praying for. So, on the one hand, we're saying, Jesus, please help me get this job. On the other hand, we're saying, I'm never going to get this job. When people ask us, "Jesus, please help me uh, in this relationship," this isn't going to work out. The specialist said there, were no, there was no hope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Lord, help me! Bring healing. The specialist said there is no hope come on, how often do, do our words not reflect what it is that we're believing for? So let's declare what Jesus is going to do. Again, okay, it's not about denying or, or, or putting aside the circumstance, but it's about declaring the hope and the faith uh, in that and what Jesus is going to do in it. You know to uh, some of us may be sitting here thinking well uh, that 's all very well uh, to to say those things and uh, but my situation everything 's gone. The dream is over. the healing 's not going to happen it 's a lost cause. but can I remind you of ezekiel ezekiel thirty seven come on let 's have a look at it. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me. Out of the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Wow, what hope! I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them dry bones hear the word of the lord this is what the sovereign lord says to these bones i will make breath into you and you will come to life i will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin i'll put breath in you and you will come to life then you will know that i am the lord so i prophesied as i was commanded and as i was prophesying there was noise a rattling sound The bones coming together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was still no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain, that they may be alive. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I'll put my spirit in you and you'll live. And I'll settle in your own land, then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it, declares the Lord. Wow, you know, again, Ezekiel, and this valley with just all these dry bones around them. No sign of life. But the Lord says to him to go and prophesy over those bones, to see life re-enter those bones. And as he does so, the bones start reforming. The tendons and flesh come onto those bones. And ultimately, breath is breathed into those bones. No matter your situation, no matter how dire you think it is, if you prophesy, if you, if you, if you declare what the Lord has shown you, if you declare what you know of the Lord in that situation it opens, a, it opens a window for God to do remarkable things you know what is it in your life that you need to start clearing into dreams relationships careers health Whatever it is, seek the Lord, pray, declare. Declare what what his plans are for you. It's not about denying our circumstances, but it's about declaring what the Lord has, his plans. Jesus declared that the wind and the waves would stop. Jairus remained faithful and believed that his daughter would be okay. Ezekiel declared. The centurion declared. All of these things. You know, Israel Horton wrote a song that had this lyric. You have to say what you see so you can see what you say. And if we want to see it, we have to say it so as we can then see it. The third thing I want to talk about is that we need to we need to hold on. The centurion didn't see his his servant immediately after Jesus said that he is healed. But he held on to that faith. Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33 from the New International Version. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. But when they saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And then they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and those that were on the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Wow. Imagine being Peter in that situation. You just stepped out of the boat. You're on water. You're walking on water and you then look at the waves. You're a little bit scared, like I did when I was water skiing, when I was learning. See the waves, crouch down immediately. And then you start sinking. And Jesus' response to you is, you of little faith. Whoa! Harsh. But here's the thing. Jesus... Do not say Peter had no faith. What Jesus said is, "You have little faith." You see, there was faith in stepping outside of the boat. That was an act of great faith, bold. But then, the faith dwindled. It didn't remain. It didn't endure to the end. And that is what we mean by little faith. It's when the faith starts to dwindle. And so as the centurion kept on believing, can we keep on believing too? Perhaps the rest of the band want to to come up now. You know, it's just as Joseph and everything that he went through remained faithful. And he came out as leader over Egypt. Can we remain faithful as well? And I don't know where this message finds you this morning. Everything's going great. Praise the Lord for that. But if you've got things in your world, can I encourage you to pray into it, to declare, to prophesy the promise, but then to hold on to that faith, to not let go, to not give up, to, to, to keep hold of the promise that Jesus has for you, to keep hold of the promise for that, for that healing to be done, to keep hold of that promise for the breakthrough, to keep hold of that promise of provision, to keep hold of that dream that, that you have. Don't give up. But pray into it. Declare. And remain faithful. Do you want to stand with me this morning? I'm not sure where this, where this finds you this morning. But I just want to, to pray for you this morning. So let's pray. Lord God, I, I thank you for your presence here this morning. I thank you uh, for your faithfulness, Lord. I thank you for your love. I thank you that, that we can come to you, Lord, that we can come to you with our, our concerns and our worries and our anxieties. Lord, that we can come to you uh, in moments of joy and happiness as well. That we can have a relationship with you and Lord, help us uh, during all those tougher times, Lord God, to declare what it is you're going to do. Lord, show us what it is you're going to do so that we may declare it faithfully. And then Lord, help us hold on. Help us hold on to that faith, Lord God, to not give up, to not let go. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that for all that you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.